0: Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, TV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com. Also, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, you, you, you see this stuff. <laughs> you see all the stuff. This is just one of my mini screens that I have here. Uh, let's see if we can clear this up and to bring on what we're supposed to. I, this stuff is saved. I don't know why it keeps reverting back to where it goes. Anyway. There you go, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Left side of the page is Bradley's show from the previous day. You can catch that up until 3 o'clock, at which time he'll be live in that area. Uh, and you'll notice, you guys on the video platforms, notice that we are pre-recording. We're live right at one, we're pre-recording, but if uh, we are doing that. The right side of the page, the picture is going to look a little different. If you go over there, click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there, so good morning to you guys. Please subscribe to that channel while you're over there, please. Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then finally, we are on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. Appreciate Michael and his team giving us a spot on that as well. Right over on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up there we're streaming live. You can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, <clears throat> that goes out once a day. Uh, late afternoon, early evening, all the articles we have for com, including the Morning Show Archive. So be sure and uh, sign up for that. You can also support us. There's a donate button at the top of the page. You can also become a monthly supporter as a son or daughter of liberty. And then our story is available. You guys know we're highlighting Bradley's book, uh all the prophets were pointing to the front as well as the soldier of the cross and then we have the soldier of the cross bundle you guys can check that out in the store the link is there at sonsoflibertymedia.com or if you want to go there directly you're listening by way of radio and you want to go there directly it is the sons of liberty thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com and uh that should take care of you okay all right now you guys remember at the end of last month uh the world health organization Terrace teddy and his gang of merry men over there uh wanted to uh, Try to push for um, you know a finalization to where they can push forward with uh, the things that they want to do. We brought James Roguski on, and he was talking about, "Look, here's their here's what they've said. You know, their own rules are, and they're not going to follow them." And uh, so I said, "Okay, so we we waited. Uh, we're, we've heard a little bit of gibberish about what they're." Uh, intentions are, and it sort of indicates exactly what James is saying, maybe they're just going to go ahead and try to schmooze this thing on through. So whatever the case is, there's some breaking news about what's going on. And so uh, James had put this out, and as always, uh, because I know James knows his stuff, and he's very good at communicating that, I said, yeah, let's bring you on, let's inform the audience so they can act on it. Not so you can just have some head knowledge, but so you can do something about it locally where you're at and uh, make your voice known. And so James, it's my privilege welcoming you back to the Sons of Liberty, man. Good to see you.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. Um, you know, there is
0: so
1: much to talk about. Um, um, I just got a, a countdown timer on your screen, so yeah, I don't I, know what happened there. But.
0: I don't know what happened either. All my buttons are just acting goofy. So go ahead. We'll run with it.
1: <laughs> All right. So um, I'm, I'm going to take a different tack than you might have thought. Um, do you happen to have your handy little pocket constitution with you?
0: I have it in my bible which is in my
1: That's bedroom like, right now so
0: right, I can't so, get to it right yet so everyone
1: everyone who's watching this now pause the video if you're not watching it you know obviously whenever it may be go look up article 1 section 8 clause 3 now this is the problem almost everyone has been confusing the issues that we're dealing with. And I think almost everybody could agree that if you're aiming at the wrong target, it's unlikely, unless you're a really bad shot and lucky, that you're going to hit the bullseye. This that we're talking about from the get-go is a business deal. And Article 1, Clause, I'm sorry, Article 1, um, Section 8, Clause 3, in the Constitution, the original states handed over to the federal government and Congress the authority to regulate international commerce. It is in the constitutional authorities, it's an enumerated power of the federal government to engage and deal with international commerce. The reason why these negotiations are happening is to settle a trade dispute. If you think it's about other things, and there are other things involved, there's been a dark shadow cast on the truth. And so when you get a chance, what I encourage people to do is go to stopthetreaty.org and read the damn document okay don't listen to what i'm saying and take it as gospel take it as a guide you know to go look at what the information is if you go to stoptreaty.org, thank you for going there if you scroll down a little bit i've tried to make this as simple as i possibly could there's a gray um, little image that you can share you can just hit the read it below there there you go um you know what? If you can play that right there, play that right
0: there. Which one? That's the lady? Chris the lady. So it's only like a minute. Okay. All right. Here we go. Hopefully you got the volume all set. I don't know, but we'll find out. The powers that are delegated oh, to the government are few and defined, and they're primarily
1: foreign, and they encompass war, peace, negotiations, and foreign commerce. Let it roll the powers that are delegated to the federal government are few and defined and they're primarily foreign and they encompass war, peace negotiations and foreign commerce.
0: Okay. That's it.
1: People okay. are missing the most obvious. If you, if you scroll back down. Again,
0: we're, I'm just going to have to click the buttons. I'm sorry, James. I, I do apologize for the tech difficulties there. No, okay. no, it's
1: all good. It's all good. Um, there's a link, you know, to, um, that, uh, Clause in the Constitution. Yep. And so, um, you know, don't take anybody's word for anything. Um, There should be a link right there, it should take you right to um, see what it is that it actually says in the Constitution.
0: My computer is running just a little bit slow. That was what I had pulled up a little while ago, and now I've got to go to another page. (laughs) Okay. Um, So we're going to clause three, right? Yep. Right here. All right. It says, the Congress shall have power to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the that's you, Indian tribes.
1: That's, that's all you need. Okay. Shall have the power to regulate commerce with foreign nations. Okay. This is a business deal that they're negotiating amongst all of the many nations. If we go back through your timer and go back to the webpage, there's um, a gray graphic summary of what is in this agreement. And... What I am encouraging people to do is, if you are not aware, look into the history of the Trans-Pacific Partnership from about 10 years ago. Um, this is great. Maybe go up just a smidge so you can see the whole thing. Um, there are 12 uh, items, at least, in these proposed um, this proposed agreement that I think are very, very important. If you blow that up, so people can just see the top 12. um, Many, 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 many people have been talking about information that is in the other track, the, the track that you mentioned earlier, where they've missed their deadline, and they're having meetings. And you know, there's 300 different amendments and 200 pages worth of stuff. There's information in there that's similar but different. And many people have been talking about that, but in the course of conversation, they say the treaty, the treaty, the treaty, the treaty, the treaty. Well, these are the things that are items of concern in what everybody calls the treaty. And so um, I'm just gonna run through these really quick. And what I've done is I've put which article in the documents they are you know, written up the latest draft that I was able to obtain late last week, that they are currently negotiating as we speak right now. You know, this week and next week, they're negotiating these items. Now, first and foremost, yeah, you know, you could call it a treaty. Um, treaty has a very specific name. Is a use in in um, the United States. Technically, technically, something's not called a treaty. Until it's been agreed upon, it's been confirmed by the Senate and ratified by the president and submitted, you know, for into the depository of wherever it might go. So technically, it's really not a treaty, but it's even worse than that. It's a framework convention. Now, most people are going to go, well, what the heck is that? Well, if you think of what a frame is, it's an empty vessel. It's, a, it's an empty container. And it sets a convention up, meaning they would create a brand new bureaucracy and have a meeting once a year to um, go and and have a convention. And the parties that attend that would attend what they call the conference of the parties. And they would make decisions on an ongoing basis year after year after year to um, discuss changes and add things to the framework. Well, the easiest example of this is the Framework Convention for Climate Change that was given the Senate's consent back in 1992. And it's been the law of the land for the last 30 plus years. They've had 28 conferences of the parties. How's that working out for you, Tim? Are you loving that concept? No,
0: I'm, I'm not liking that concept at all. In fact, I've got a, I've got a little question that I mm-hmm. kind of want to see about because you brought this up the last time we had you on, and that was about this being some side of, some sort of trade dispute. Mm-hmm. And when you said at this time, my mind immediately goes to East India Trading Company. I'm thinking of <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. is that anything in comparison to what we're doing? Are we talking about something much bigger than that?
1: Well, you know that's a good connection because mm. um, let's if you could pull the um, document back up so that people can see the twelve things and and we'll go from there. Sure. Um, because that's a very important point, but it's going to bounce me around a little bit. And and so when you see the pathogen access and benefit sharing system number five, which is in Article Twelve, if you go back to the East India Trading Company. And realize that in colonial times, when the colonizers um, entered into one of their colonies, it was essentially to exploit the natural resources, whether they cut down the forests and took away the timber and brought it back to manufacture furniture or homes or whatever they did with it, um, or, you know, oil and gas drilling or digging for iron ore or gold or silver or diamonds or other gemstones or, you know, nowadays, um, lithium and cobalt. The idea is you exploit the natural resources of whatever nation you're colonizing. Take them back, manufacture them into something that's worth more than the raw material. And then the people in the colonies can't afford whatever it is you turned their raw materials into. okay? Now, if you look at the corporate colonization, in regards to genetic sequences from pathogens, genetic sequences are the new raw material. The manufactured goods are the drugs and the jabs that cost you know outlandish amounts of money. And the best example is what happened in South Africa and Botswana with Omicron they did whatever it is they do, you know, people can argue whether or not it's legitimate, but they said, oh, we found this genetic sequence, it's totally different than, you know, alpha, beta, whatever the heck was out there. And they did what they felt they were obligated to do under the current regulations. And they revealed that genetic information to the world. And the rules are supposed to be that other nations do not put travel restrictions where there's a problem. That's what the international health regulations are supposed to do, but Europe and many other nations punished South Africa, Botswana, and then to add insult to injury, Pfizer and Moderna took that genetic information, turned it into the boosters and made a couple of more billion dollars. And they didn't share any of that profit with the people who gave them the raw material to make the product that they made the profit from. That is what these negotiations are about. It's a pathogen access and benefit sharing system. Nations who go out and find a pathogen might as well be drilling for oil or natural gas. Imagine how profitable um, the genetic sequence was to Pfizer, Moderna, and all the other companies. This is what these negotiations are, are stuck on. And so um not quite the East India Trading Company, but not far off. Okay? Well you get you know
0: Yeah, you get the I, I get the idea that you're getting at, and that is these raw materials and then turning them to things. I, I understand the concept there. So so let me let me ask you if something falls in here with it, and maybe this doesn't, but you're saying okay, they took the genetic material from the people who were their victims I'm, that's what I'm going to call them and then it they used use to, to be their victims yes well they're their victims if they already took that shot and they're already getting the quote-unquote variants they're their victims already but they're giving them the mm-hmm. stuff and they're not giving them any kind of compensation as they use that material to do the other and, and the people are no wiser for it they don't know that anyway but I would think there's somewhere something they sign or whatever they're basically signing that away maybe I'm wrong but I recall somebody brought up a, a Supreme Court ruling that was talking about if our DNA gets modified, and that could be proven. So that's, that's, let's, let's not go there. Okay, let's that's not good, go there. Thank
1: you. Let's, let's can, can I was the just category.
0: wondering if that was some of this as to what this is tied to when you're talking about those people giving their, their DNA well, there's, and their genetic material.
1: There's, there's um, standard material transfer agreements where, you know, it's a contract. You go, hey, I'll give this to you, and, you know, you're going to give me something back in return. And so um, the, people need to understand that whatever the heck it is, you may have, you know thought that you'd heard about what these negotiations are, in regards to the proposed new treaty, this is the core of what they are negotiating. Now it goes all the way back to 1992, and I have a little advantage because I'm a little bit familiar with this. I used to manage a couple of mom and pop urban nutrition stores. And, you know, studying herbs and pharmaceuticals and all that kind of stuff, you realize that a couple of decades back, pharmaceutical companies would go into indigenous cultures, talk to their medicine men, find out what they used for certain things, get a promising plant, take the plant back, isolate the chemical compounds, tweak them a little bit so that they could patent a drug that was like an herb and then make millions of dollars. Well, in 92, um, the nations of the world agreed to a convention on biological diversity, and there's a concept in there that if you have access, you have to share the benefits. If we share that knowledge with you, you share some of the profits with us. Well, they just added a word to ABS, you know, access and benefit sharing, is now pathogen access and benefit sharing. So the only issue of... I'm sorry, it makes me laugh because I... I see it on a different plane. The sovereignty that you want to be talking about here is it literally says in the document that nations have sovereign control over their pathogens. It's a raw material that belongs.
0: They're actually saying that. Interesting.
1: I mean, I'm glad the light bulb went off, okay? What they're essentially saying is, hey, these are our diamonds. These are our gold nuggets these are this is our iron ore and our cobalt um if you take it from us it's not just you know the cost of acquisition what is its value it's enormous right and so you know for a return on investment if you were in the industry of looking for pathogens with pandemic potential you had that technology You would be digging up guano in every bat cave. You would be digging in, you know, the poop in everybody's pigsty to look for swine flu variants or in everybody's chicken coop looking for bird flu variants, you know, looking for canine coronavirus in your dog poop. If you think about it, there's a pathogen lurking, you know, under every rock, in every hospital, in every septic system, you know, everywhere. Okay. Um. Uh, it it reminded me of a bad joke, so I'm sorry about it, right? I I used to work doing um, construction and I worked with a number of plumbers and there's two rules of plumbing, okay? First rule of plumbing is shit flows downhill because they make it at the top. And the second rule of plumbing is don't bite your nails because there's some pathogens with pandemic potential everywhere you might look. They want to set up a one health surveillance system. If we pull the the, um, graphic back up, Forget which number that is. I don't have it handy in front of me. It's okay. I've got you. Okay. One health surveillance um, found in articles four and five doesn't necessarily mean they have a camera or an audio recorder or a GPS on your phone. One health surveillance means any swab that went up anybody's nose or stool sample or all of the things that I just mentioned, they're even checking. sewage systems. They have wastewater surveillance. Uh, they announced that they're going to be checking the poop that comes out of international airplane flights when they land. They're going to check to see if there's any kind of good pathogens.
0: I wonder what kind way. of money they're paying the people to do that. Well, you
1: know, one of the um, definitions in Article 1 is of a healthcare worker, right? And it's a healthcare worker is someone who engages in surveillance. Okay? That's so,
0: that's their definition. That's how they defined a healthcare worker is, is somebody who's it, spy, is a spy, right? <laughs> on your poop. Um,
1: and anything else you could possibly imagine. Okay? And and so when you realize what I realized back in November of twenty twenty two i was watching uh, the indonesian health minister who was speaking to a group of business leaders at the b20 not the g20 which is all the government leaders but the business 20. and he had not inside information but he had information that was public but not many people knew about it and and the reason why he knew about it is he's not a doctor he's formerly a banker okay so, going all the way back to 2021, the United States had been working to set up a um, World Bank operated pandemic fund, essentially to fund the build out of this surveillance network. And in September of 2022, they knew that they had pretty much put it together. And so, in November, the health minister said to all the business leaders, and I you know, it's public information. He said, look, the U.S. is putting billions of dollars into this surveillance network. This is a great business opportunity. Go invest. And so if you're in testing and surveillance and genomic sequencing and, you know, doing laboratory work to culture these pathogens and, you know, maybe getting some humanized mice to see if whatever you found is something scary, um, this is terrorism. This is the infrastructure to terrorize people. Let's go find some pathogen somewhere. Let's see what it's all about. And then if we find something that's you know, very deadly or maybe mutated to the point where it is deadly, if we make the solution to that problem, that's the Hegelian dialectic. Go find a problem, make a problem, create a problem, have the solution, and then have an enormous fund of money that the WHO could say, oh, you need some of this. Here you go. And then with all of that fear and the solution in hand, unfortunately, a certain Mm -hmm. percentage of the population will fall for the story.
0: Well, the obvious question I probably be this is on everybody's mind when you're saying this if they go and they they go and they they find this uh, thing that they're treating whatever the disease is that they're they're dealing with and they tweak it and they synthesize it and they patent it and they're ready to put it out if that thing is not it's not actually happening in our culture the obvious question is, okay, did they bring the pathogen back with them along with that plant that they got? Did they develop that? Because we know they're patenting, well, they call, they call them viruses, whatever, whatever stuff they're, they're doing. We know they're patenting those as well. So the obvious question is, are they patenting those to use them so that they can sell their wares? I mean, that just seems like that would be the obvious question uh, to ask. About what's going on? Are they Do you have evidence that they're doing well, that as what,
1: well? What is going on in these negotiations is they're having difficulty with um, the transfer of intellectual property. And so when you go back and you look at 2021, when at the beginning of the year, three years ago or, or so, um, many, many people were of the belief – that if everybody got a jab, things would go back to normal. And the originally discussed plan was, well, hospital workers, doctors, nurses, emergency personnel, police, fire, that kind of thing, who might come into contact with somebody who has some kind of a problem, that they were vulnerable and that they should get the first jabs. And then maybe elderly people or people with comorbidities and then whoever was next vulnerable, so forth and so on down the line. Well, that's not how it shook out. What happened was nations like Canada is a good example because the math is really easy, they've got about 40 million people. They signed contracts for 400 million jabs, 10 per person. You go, well, wait a minute. Um, if what? If... No, that's what they did. And the European Union and many other nations, wh- whoever could... By whatever reason, justify hitting a couple of keystrokes and creating money out of thin air and throwing it at the pharmaceutical companies. Pharmaceutical companies were all too happy to sign contracts that were more profitable for them. If you were a, a small, you know, well, relatively not wealthy nation, um, they couldn't get any contracts. And and so midway through the year, they got upset. They're like, hey, these wonderful, wonderful jabs, we can't get any because you guys hogged up all the production. And so they called for a special session of the World Health Assembly. To have the WHO negotiate an agreement to ensure equitable access to pandemic related products. That is what these negotiations are for. That's their purpose. It's not about health. It's about equitable access to pandemic-related products. They shortened that to equity. And if you look up equity in the financial world, it means money, right? If they had the money to get the contracts, or even better, according to them, if they had the money to build the manufacturing plants and the laboratories and the testing facilities and the genomic sequencing equipment and all that sort of stuff, then they could just make their own toxic injections. That's what they are negotiating. It's insane. It's evil. It's ridiculous. They're not questioning the simple fact that these mRNA injections are genetic manipulating therapy. You know, I advocate for, I, I mean to not be blasphemous, but I advocate for the 11th commandment. Thou shalt not alter God's work. They're not questioning whether or not the mRNA gene-altering injections stop infection or stop transmission. They're not paying attention to the fact that it alters the functioning of your immune system and makes customers long-term out of healthy people for the pharmaceutical industry. They want to profit from that. That's a great business model if you're evil. Let's get people to, you know, take what some people would call the mark of the beast, change your genetic sequence to alter your immune function, and now you're going to be a lifelong customer. You're going to need another jab or another drug or another something. It's not to make people healthier; it's to make the people who are controlling that wealthier.
0: Yeah, and, and to make st- and to make you a make you a consumer of their poisons that they're going to give. And so I, when you're saying that, I'm thinking of. You know, Proverbs chapter 1, where he, where he warns his son, you know, don't go along with those who want to lie in wait for innocent blood so they can have a game. You know, come put, let's all get in on this together and we'll, we'll have our spoil. But that's exactly what it sounds like this is all about, is all these guys coming together, they're evil guys who have a lust for riches and filthy lucre, as the Bible says, and they're willing to make you sick and even kill you in the process so they can get money, and so they can keep their power and control.
1: In in the age of deception, when you're dealing with if if you could see that they're saying, look, we can convince certain nations and organizations to put billions of dollars into the kitty, into the fund, and the WHO, apparently, through this agreement, would be in charge of handing out the contracts. Now, if you had a seat at the table, and what was happening was, well, we're going to um, make vitamins and organic food and pure water available to everyone. Okay, and you know, do you want a piece of that pie? Well, you'd want to be negotiating at that table and get your fair share. But, you know, what they're offering is pharmacia, you know, drugs and jabs and all kinds of other, you know, ventilators and midazolam and run death is near and and so forth and so on. But the profit margins on those are enormous because when you put fear into people and they beg their government to pay top dollar to the manufacturers of that, you know, pharmaceutical, biological products. I mean, from a business school, you know, point of view, that's a very profitable model. You're you're harming people for profit. You're pan- you're profiteering off of the next pandemic. That's why they keep saying it's a sure thing that there's going to be another pandemic because that's where they're going to make their money.
0: Well, not only that, James, but then they come along and. <clears throat> Gosh, you said something just a minute ago, right before that, that I w- that made my mind think about they're not just doing that, but they're then getting the politicians to go along with them and say, hey, put up some roadblocks here so, so our victims that we're making all our money off of, and they're, and they're paying off their pimps in, in, uh, in Congress and everywhere else, um, let's, let's, let's make sure that they can't come at us either. So they, they don't steal our profits. So they, they they inhibit justice coming against them, and that's the one thing missing. If the people would bring justice, I think in this country right here, James, all this stuff could go by the wayside if they would wake up and, and, and see the picture the way you're painting it here.
1: And that's exactly the point, okay? Let, let me run down through this list just so that we talk about all of it, okay? You know, it's a framework convention so that the decisions don't all have to be on paper when they agree to it. When the con- when the Senate adopted or gave consent to the Framework Convention for Climate Change in 1992, it looked okay. But then year after year after year, they meet and they make decisions that you don't have any say over. But you agreed, you basically signed a blank check. And you said, yeah, you know, it's as if somebody gave you a contract, you're doing some business. And at the last moment, they put a bunch of blank pieces of paper in, they bind it all up and they go, yeah, go ahead, sign it. We'll have our people work out the details later. That's insane. So regardless of what's in here, I don't think any nation should ever agree to that kind of ongoing, you know, taking away the rights of the people, putting them into the hands of a new bureaucracy. They call it the governing body of the pandemic agreement. Right. I'm going to run through these really quick. It would set up a massive bureaucracy, throw billions of dollars at it with no accountability to where all that money would go. Um, a massive expansion of the pharmaceutical industry, taking your money and investing it in other nations. I, I, I heard a story. Somebody was talking about, um, you know, hospitals in the center of the United States. You know, in, in the red territories of the U.S., a lot of hospitals are going out of business. So we're going to take billions of dollars to build genomic sequencing labs around the world when, you know, hospitals are going out of business for lack of profitability. What the heck is going on? Um, The pathogen access and benefit sharing thing we talked about, they want all of the laboratories to be connected through the WHO. They would be the coordinator of all of that lab work. They want to set up a global supply chain and logistics network at um, the Uh, World Government Summit about a week or so ago, Tedros Ghebreyesus mentioned that the WHO has at least one distribution center in Dubai that is 20,000 square meters. I got to sit down and do the math as to how many football fields that is, right? But think about that. Um, How much money would it cost to contract to get pandemic-related products to fill 20,000 square meters. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars, and that's just one distribution hub. We're talking organized crime, crony capitalism, pandemic profiteering on a scale that is astronomical. Blowing down through this list, we talked about One Health surveillance. Um, in Article 24, they would have their science committee as part of this agreement... Oversee gain-of-function research. Hey, wait a minute. How about realizing that gain-of-function research, you know, violates the you know biological weapons convention? Yeah. What the heck are you talking about? There's criminal activity right there. You know, in in print. Um, they now the the next two on the list, articles fourteen and fifteen, um, have not been made available. Apparently, the United States specifically. Was working on a rewrite of these, so we have old versions. They don't have the new versions, but they want to speed up the regulatory approval of drugs. And you know, there's a question of, well, you know, what do you do for all the people that are harmed? And you know, is there any talk whatsoever of removing the liability protection? We're going to have to wait and see. Um, that's in Article 15, still not available. And yeah, there's this little thing about censorship and misinformation and disinformation in Article 18. And so if you scroll down a little bit on this document, it is crystal clear that this is not about sovereignty. This is a business deal where sovereign nations can do business internationally. And I just encourage everybody to get out your constitution Article 1, section 8, clause 3, we talked about it. Unfortunately, the founding fathers gave the authority to the federal government to engage in international commerce. It's not an unconstitutional act. It is within their purview, but it should also follow the, you know, requirement that if they get engaged in this kind of an agreement, they should get the consent of Congress two-thirds. Well, can, you, do you let, think two-thirds of Congress is taking money from Big Pharma?
0: Oh, yeah, they're absolutely they're doing that. That's why I call them their pimps. That's what they're doing. Yeah. They pimp they pimp the stuff out. Whether they're pushing it like Donald Trump was the, the jab, the father of the vaccine deal, or whether they're the guys who are just up there going, it, it is safe and effective. Let's put these things in place and let's make people do what we want. But the thing is, is in these treaties, forgive me if I'm missing something here, but I don't think a treaty is goes outside and says, we're going to write something that undermines the things we already have established in the thing. And this whole idea of censorship, that is their perspective on things. And boy, we've dealt with these self-appointed, bought-and-paid-for uh, slack hecklers that I call them, not fact-checkers, but slack hecklers, and they come in, and many of them have been with the Least Trust in News before. Uh, we've got one of their veterans who's running one of, the, the, one of those things that Facebook uses. But that to me sounds like, wait a minute, as soon as you hit that one right there, not to mention all the other stuff where you talked about the crimes being committed, and I think this is part of the problem, when people like Senator Rand Paul called out Anthony Fauci, and he's saying, but we got the receipts. You are engaged in paying for gain of function. That is a crime. Why... Why these guys don't call the sergeant-at-arms to say, you need to arrest this man, hold him in custody, we're going to hold him accountable. I don't understand that, James. That seems to me like if you and I were caught with a smoking gun in hand, right, uh, they wouldn't say, well, we'll we'll ask you back again for more questioning. No, they'd say, arrest that guy, go put him in a holding cell because we're going to try him. This, to me, again, goes back to the lack of justice in all of this.
1: It's a theatrical production. Yeah and they're playing their roles. And so what I want to do, and I don't know if this is something that you're familiar with. If you are, that'd be great. If not, um, hopefully become more. But about 10 years ago, there was a very similar thing going on. It became known as the Trans-Pacific Partnership. It was a trade agreement for all of the nations that border the Pacific Ocean. And so it was signed on to by the Obama administration, And then there was talk of, you know, were they going to try to get it approved in the Senate? And we the people found out about it and caused such a ruckus that it became toxic in, you know, politics. If people did not speak out against the Trans-Pacific Partnership, they, you know, had hell to pay from people who wanted it to be rejected. And it was essentially killed by people power, even though it had been signed on the people said no. And ultimately, the final nail in the coffin, when Trump came into office, he unsigned it. But it was people understanding what our government had agreed to, signing away voluntarily, you know, rights and freedoms, essentially in a fascist agreement with corporations to give them authority that you know it was not the federal government's authority to hand over and we the people basically said no and killed it and i have every faith that people can go to stopthetreaty.org read what's on that page and understand what's in these documents there's still three very important articles that they're keeping secret but we got the rest of it what what they're talking about and i am certain that the average man, woman, and quite frankly, child, could understand that this is essentially organized crime on an international basis to take money from nations and private corporations and foundations and funnel it to their cronies in the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex to build out the network to find the next disease X that they could then scare people with to turn a bigger profit from people in relatively poor nations because they didn't get as many of those people the last time around. They, they turned a big profit from the global north, but they didn't make as much money from the global south. And so all of the little crime bosses in relatively small nations want in on the deal, and they're currently haggling with the big crime bosses in the global north Because they can't agree to how to divvy up this enormous multi-billion dollar pie. We get to see what they're doing. And I trust that if people just apply themselves, read the documents. And what I encourage people to do is take any sentence, take any paragraph, take any section and print it out, copy it, hold it up and say whatever it is you want to say about it do a little TikTok video telegram twitter whatever eat this thing like an elephant one bite at a time take any piece of it now there are there are pieces that sound good if you start out reading the document and you just read chapter one you might come down with diabetes because it's all sugary sweet lovely language <laughs> wonderful words most people are gonna you know hit chapter two and hit a wall of incomprehensible language and they're going to go, oh, well, chapter one sounded okay, right? So I've given you a guide to find the stuff that you need to know. Don't fall for the propaganda, sweet, sugary language promising you everything and make sure that you read chapter three, which is where it would set up this brand new bureaucracy. They would meet once a year or more. They would make decisions that get added to the framework. If you agree to an empty contract, if you agree to a blank check and agree that, oh yeah, these people can just fill in all the blanks year after year, I mean, it would create a zombie mechanism to be taking billions of dollars, funneling it into the companies that produce the products that cause the harm while they're looking for the pathogens that they could use to scare people with to beg their government to give them money. Okay? Once people see this for what it is, there's only one answer. Well, there's you know what? I take that back. There are two answers. If you see yourself as being invested in that industry and potentially profiting from it, then this probably looks pretty good to you. And there's a lot of people who profited over the last four to five years. But if you're a sane, good man or woman or child, and you look at this, you go, that's corrupt, evil, and harmful. The answer is no. And we did it with the Trans-Pacific Partnership. We're going to do it with this. Amen. Treaty. Um,
0: Can I ask you something about that? Because you you talked about you know Trump taking us out of that. I knew he took us out of the Paris Agreement. He really tore up NAFTA and everything. He said it was a bad deal for America and all. Then he came in with the USMCA. And people, he sold it to the people as though it was something completely different. And yet, and I see all of this being tied together, the president of the Council on Foreign Relations came back and said, I'm thrilled with USMCA. It's NAFTA plus 10%. And then we found out whatever he cut off of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, 67% of that verbatim got put in that. So my question is, and I don't know if you've looked at this and can answer this or not, but my question is... Is that USMCA, because we saw what it does is it, in essence, creates a small government above Canada, Mexico, and the U.S., including the ability to do tariffs, which only our our Congress is supposed to be authorized to do. So my question is, have you looked at the USMCA, and does this continue this kind of thing, of this kind of global affair to control us, and... You know, how would you measure that up against these other things, and, and how's it tied with with what we're looking at here? If you if you've looked at it, I don't know if you have looked at it.
1: Um, you know, obviously um, every document is different, and so the issue at hand is don't fall for what people um, do. You know, I, I can't tell you how many people say this to me. Oh, Jim, I heard somebody say, okay. That's the definition of hearsay evidence. Sure. One of, one of the things that they've been trying to do is to say, oh, this person said that and that person said that and that person said that. And you know that's misinformation. Well, unfortunately, there has been a lot of inaccurate information. I have taken to training myself whenever somebody says misinformation, I expand the word and say, well, wait a minute, is that inaccurate information or is that the missing information that they don't want you to look at? So they're trying to give it a bad name. Well, the missing information was made available over the the past week with the actual documents that they're negotiating. Go read them. Don't spread inaccurate information. Take a screen grab of the actual document, give your opinion of it, your opinion is as valid as anybody else's opinion, get the facts straight, and point out what it is in that document that you disagree with, whether it's the, you know, documents that, you know, replace NAFTA, or any of these other documents out there, start with the source, and stick it in their face. And one of the things that I was working on this morning, and I'm going to continue to work on, is ask questions. If you look at any of this information, there are endless questions that come to mind like, how much is this going to cost? Where's that money going to come from? Who's going to divvy out and give out the contracts? Where's the audit mechanism to ensure that that money goes where it was supposed to go? Why are you spending money? on this, when we have hospitals closing, you know, in the, in the middle of America, um, there's an endless list of questions to ask. And that is our valid purpose as quite frankly, the people who are the government of this nation, the people who get an office are our public servants, but we, the people hold all of the power we have to put that power to good use read the damn documents find some spot in there that you have a question about videotape yourself asking that question put it out on the internet and help other people do the same we stopped the trans-pacific partnership because everyone's awareness was raised about what these people were trying to do in secret if you shine light on what they're trying to do, and keep it to the facts. I have every confidence that you know this is going to fall apart like a house, like the house of cards that it really is. They're trying to put together an evil business deal to profit from other people's misery, while essentially being terrorists who are looking for something to use to terrorize people with. And you know, I, thanks for the audience. Um, you know, to reach out to your audience. All of this is on StopTheTreaty.org. If you put it out on social media, use hashtag StopTheTreaty. And if you have any questions, you can give me a call, 310-619-3055. I don't know everything, but I you know I've been dealing with this for a couple of years. It's so clear that all we really have to do is show people what they're doing, And I think this will just absolutely fall apart.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it has anything to do with whether somebody calls himself a Democrat or Republican, a liberal or conservative. This is an issue of you've got a fascist government working with corporate fascists, and they're working together. Let's not not kid ourselves. That's what they are. And they're working at, at making us sick and killing us off. And I know, James, this is hard for a lot of people because they go, they just, they've just, they been taught in America that man is basically good. And, of course, here at the Sons of Liberty, we hold to the Bible. This is why we need a Savior because man's not basically good. And this is why we had the the separation of powers. We knew what men would do when they accumulated a power to themselves. This is why many of us uh, complained that Congress was taking authority delegated to them. They were giving it to the president. And you're like, no, 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 that's, you don't get to do that mm-hmm. because we know the wickedness exactly. of man. So exactly. so with that said, we've got about two minutes here. Uh, what would be the final word of exhortation? I, I think you basically gave it just now, but um, with with what's going on, a, a remaining vigilant, people still need to pay attention to this because they're still talking about disease X and unleashing. Well, they don't say unleashing, but we know that's what they're doing because they're the ones who, who are working to develop these diseases and stuff for their solutions, right? I mean... You talk to Hegelian dialectic. That's exactly what that is. Exactly. Well,
1: you know, on, on one level, um, you know, many, many, many people always say, oh, Jim, you have to boil it down, make it really simple. OK, so the simple answer is take the link to this video and get out your phone and go down your contact list. Start with a, you know, Anne and Bob and Carol and David and, and down the list. Send this video to people, invite them to watch it and invite them for them to tell you what they think about what we just talked about. Invite them to go to StopTheTreaty.org and read it for themselves. And if you realize that life in many ways is a test of character, you know, maybe there's an angel on one side telling you something good to do, and there's a demon on the other side, you get to choose. So you get to choose to ignore this and be ignorant, or you get to take action, prove your character, share this with other people, give them the freedom to make their own choice and have their own opinion and arrive at their own conclusion. And they have an opportunity to exhibit their character. If they're not aware, if it's never come across their table or their desk, eh, you can't really blame them. If you don't share it with them, then you're censoring this information. And, you know, you're going to have to answer for your action. That's right. As well as your inaction. So who are you going to choose to not share this video with? That's on you. So share it with everybody you possibly can. Family, friends, neighbors, public servants, whoever it might be. Share it with other media outlets. Share it with influencers. But share it with the people that you love. Yep. And just raise their awareness, because if you don't, at some point, they're going to find out about
0: it. That's right. And
1: they're going to go, how come you didn't tell
0: me? Yep. James, we're out of time. Guys, check him out, jamesroguski.substack.com. Bradley Be With It 3, and Lord William we going to see you back in the morning, 6 a.m. Adios.